Welcome to this production from College Place United Methodist Church. To find out more about our church, please visit our website at www.collegeplaceumc.org. And now, here's our sermon from Dr. Bill Daniel. Glory to God. Praise be unto the Lord. Thank you, band, for your leadership in worship and, and all the preparation and love that you put into worship. And I've so enjoyed being able to play along with you. And you sounded amazing today. And thank you for lifting our hearts upward to the Lord. Have we been enjoying the word of the Lord as proclaimed and taught by our new brother, the Reverend Tab Miller? Have we been enjoying that? Amen. Amen. What a blessing. We have fruit. This is a fruit-bearing congregation in worship, in teaching, in love, in service. We've got a number of groups from our congregation that have returned from service at the Redbird Mission, serving in mission and fruit-bearing there, and we welcome you back. When you're not here, when we miss you. We notice you're not here, the Redbird team, when you come back, and we're so thankful when you're here, and we look forward to hearing a report. Maybe we'll have a chance next week to have a, a report from you all on the work that you've done, and also our Honduras team. Often you all are gone, and, and you're here, and so we have God's mission on our heart. We're a fruit-bearing congregation in our teaching, our worship, our service, our fellowship, all of it. We have Fruit-bearing as a part of our test. That's what our, our text is about today, fruit-bearing, from the gospel according to John, the 15th chapter. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, He prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branch, branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Thanks be to God. I'll go further with verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His. I've said these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Fruit bearing. Joyful indwelling of God's presence and life within us. The vine and the branches. When I was a uh, teenager, way back in the 70s, some of you remember the 70s and some of you don't, there wasn't much to do for teenagers. We tended to gravitate towards trouble and uh, 
I guess every generation has that, but there wasn't much trouble in the town that I lived in. There was a, a new development, a new housing development. We would go down and play in, the, uh, in that development, and there were buildings being built, and there was still forest and, and uh, exciting nature to be explored, and so we'd go out there. And, and some of the older teenagers discovered that there was this giant gorge that a, a, a little river had, had carved out, and it was pretty deep. It was about 40 or so feet, this, this little gorge. And there was a wonderful tree, a very tall tree, with branches out over this gorge, with a giant vine hanging down. You see where this is going, don't you? You see the Tarzan, the young Tarzans in us. And so the older kids discovered that there was a wonderful ramp. The hill came down at a steep angle. Just at the right angle, you could grab that, that vine and you could swing out 40, 50 feet and it would take you way high above what was already a 40 or 50 foot gorge. So you're looking at 100 feet at least. And it would swing you back gently to the ground back where you had launched before. And that all seemed pretty exciting and the older kids proved that the vine was able to hold. They were heavier, right? So it's my turn to get up there, and, and I go roaring down the hill, and I have the vine, and I see glories of Tarzan in me. And as I get to the very apex, I feel something. <laughs> I feel that vine beginning to unravel in my hands from the branch of the tree. It's slow. But, and it seems like it's an eternity in my, my memory and in my mind, but that vine begins to fall out of the branches of the tree, bit by bit, jump by jump. And I see myself, if that branch lets go and that vine it doesn't hold, I'm going down to the bottom of the gorge. But it's holding just barely. And as I'm coming back, it falls just at the last second and I make it right back to the launch point, just in the nick of time. It was a very close call, and I still remember it to this day. The power of that vine holding on for dear life to that branch, I discovered right there, life and death were held in that connection, that wonderful connection of the, of the vine. The vine wasn't as healthy as we thought it was, and uh, neither were the branches, but... There was a chasm underneath. And so this connection, I've thought about this in relationship to this text for many years. Jesus is saying our discipleship is a great adventure. And the early church at this time is discovering what it means to live in the power, in the face of a hostile world with lots of pitfalls, with lots of dangers, and how to launch into the mission and to bear fruit, and to maintain the connection with the living, resurrected, loving God. There was a song many years ago that uh, kind of captures this, this intimate connection. I don't know if any of you ever remember Keith Green, the great pianist of the 70s and early 80s. He, he wrote a lot of beautiful music, praise music, and uh, he wrote a song called He'll Take Care of the Rest. And his, his line was... He is divine, and we are debranches. <laughs> Corny, right? 
He is divine, and we are the branches. Doing your best, pray that it's blessed, and he'll take care of the rest. He'll love to get you through it if you give him a chance. I think this is what the passage is talking about for the early church, the whole notion of, rather for me, holding on to the vine and hoping the branch holds with the vine. Jesus is saying, I am the living source. I am the vine. I am the divine source of life. You can do nothing apart from me. You can only fall. But rooted in me, you will be the shoot. You will be the branch that bears the fruit. Jesus is the root, we are the shoots, and his life coursing through us gives us the fruit. You're the fruit, too. Are we bearing fruit? We're a fruit-bearing congregation in so many ways, in so many vital, vital ways. He is divine, and we are the branches. He'd love to get us through it if we give him a chance. This image of the vine and the branches was an ancient one. Ancient Israel depicted itself often. The prophets depicted themselves, particularly in Ezekiel, as a divine plant. God's transplant. That Israel was a transplanted vine from Egypt back into its home soil to bear fruit. This was an old idea that God is the gardener, God is the covenant keeper, and that Israel will bear fruit, even, in, even if it is transplanted, that God will prune and care and cleanse for Israel. And so the early church is seeking in this image and Jesus' own teaching the power to abide in the face of hostility in the early church, to be transplanted, a transplanted movement that serves in mission and serves with its witness, but the early church, like Israel, has to be tended and mended and gardened and guided by a loving God. This vine must abide. The vine life must be our life and must be connected, lest we fall to all the travails of life. And so, this Greek word that John talks about, um, a pruning, can also mean cleansing. So if God is a gardener and we are the branches that must abide in the, in the vine, the text says that he prunes us. It also can mean cleansing. Pruning and cleansing comes from the, the word kathare. Our English word catharsis is rooted in this understanding of cleansing, that through pruning, through troubles and lo often loss, sometimes... Humans need to experience this kind of pruning or cleansing in our life through troubles in order to bear fruit. We understand that from a horticultural standpoint. And we understand it from a theological, abstract concept that God must guide and prune and cleanse and cut. But when we're the receive, on the receiving end of that, practically that can feel like we have been cut off and thrown away. Yet the word of the Lord says, those who abide will bear fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he cleans so that it will be even more fruitful. Are even, and those that do not bear fruit will be cast, will be cast aside. God is a good, good gardener. Christ is the vine. We are the branches. We must abide. 
about 10 times in this text, repetitively, Jesus talks about abiding. It's, it's the only place in Scripture where He continues to use that word repetitively. And when you, when you read it out in, in preaching, it sounds repetitive. Jesus must have understood this was a critical part of bearing fruit as disciples, as, as achieving the life that God would have for us. Abide. I can't hear that word, abide, without thinking about 1998's classic cult comedy, The Big Lebowski. Has anybody seen The Big Lebowski? Not recommending it for certain uh, language and certain adult themes, right? This isn't a movie review. But there's a character in this called The Dude, right? The Dude, played by Jeff Bridges. And The Dude is a slacker. And he gets through life by being a slacker. And he's mistaken for a millionaire. He has the same name. And the Russian mob comes after him. And all manner of travail and trouble come into this, this slacker's life. The dude is just a poster child for the scriptural concept, the way of the transgressor is hard. You know, I mean, he, he's experiencing transgression and all of its travails. And yet he bowls and he hangs out with his friends and sometimes he's able to get through all these troubles in the end. He ends up bowling with his friends and though one dies along the way, he maintains his impeccable slacker credentials through it all, never wavering from his dudeness. The dude, at the very end of the movie, a stranger comes in in the bowling alley where apparently the bowling alley is where all of life's troubles get washed away at the bowling alley. And the stranger sees the dude and the dude goes up to the bar in the, in the bowling alley and says, how you doing to the dude? And the dude says, ah, you know, gutters and strikes, ups and downs, you know how it is. The stranger says, well, take it easy. The dude just stands up and said, well, the dude abides. And that's the message for the slacker culture. The dude abides. The dude abides in himself. The dude's in his coolness. He abides and he makes it through. The dude abides. That's become sort of a watchword for slacker culture. There's even a religion. You can go online and see there's dudism as a religion. This hunger to try to find a dudeness or a dudetness in the midst of all of life's troubles. Jesus is talking about a different kind of abiding. He's talking about how disciples abide, how disciples bear fruit in the midst of the storms of life. We don't just go bowling and say to hell with the world, do we? Disciples abide in Christ and bear fruit. The disciple that bears fruit as Jesus says, is one who hears the word. The one who hears the word. You have already heard the word and the word bears fruit in you. By remaining, abiding in Christ, we hear the word and the word takes root and the word bears fruit. It leads us, it guides us, it prunes us, it cleans us. It gives us a peace in the storm and a tranquility that no dudeness can ever hold. It gives us a fullness in the face of utter existential meaninglessness. 
If we abide in Christ and remain in Him, our prayers give us confidence and assurance and a knowledge ultimately that we are loved. And we are loved at the heart of God's relationship to us, at the heart of the vine pulsing life into us as the branches. We are loved and therefore we have life. On some days it may feel like we're at the end of our vine or end of our branch, falling gently, slowly, step by step into the chasm of life's pitfalls and troubles. And yet, Christ says, remain. I am in you. Remain in me. Abide in me. You will have assurance. You will have my love. You will have a community. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in me. This is how the disciple abides. The disciple abides. Well, if I was preaching a full-on sermon about this, I would talk about how abiding, though at times does mean that aspects of our life have to be reviewed and we have to understand our connection through the Word and and our prayer life gives us this, this fruit. The inner experience of connecting to God and God's love should show some kind of fruit. This is what John Wesley talked about. We should show fruits of praying with confidence. Our prayers should allow us to be rooted deeper in the love of Christ. Therefore, our branches as shoots will bear the fruit. And if we're not bearing fruit, we should also think about the meaning of pruning, that the branches that do not bear fruit ultimately are removed. When I was living in Africa, in Liberia during the Civil War there, there was no electrical municipal electricity for the city. So any organization or any home that had any kind of electrical connection had to have an industrial-based generator. And so um, our mission compound, the Methodist mission compound, had a, a industrial strength generator. This generator uh, was very strong, and our life depended on that generator. But because we were next to the ocean in Liberia, the humidity there, just ordinary humidity, was bad enough. But if you add humidity at the equator into that, you had a problem with maintenance for that generator. The parts would rust. They needed to be constantly cleaned and, and uh, replaced. And even the electrical system in our, in our homes, the, the junction boxes, they would, they would become rusted very quickly. And so we had a whole team that was always working to clean the generator and make sure it was in, in working order. I see it as the pruning that, that God does in us, that we are prone to rust, we are prone to deterioration, we are prone to, to finding the pitfalls in life. We are prone to just wandering in our own dudeness and our dudeness. And yet God guides us and cleans us and from time to time lifts us up. That's actually what this pruning is talking about in cleansing. The grapes on the grapevine, often the new grapes would fall on the ground and they needed to be lifted up by the loving gardener to lift up the grapes so that they could be cleaned, cleaned and bear fruit. If not, then they were at that point the branches destroyed. So it is with the generator. At times we had to destroy and pull out and rip out the parts and even rip out the wiring from time to time. Clean, yes. If not, 
fruitful with the power coursing through the system, there was replacement. I think this is what Christ says to us as well, that God's love will continue to come to us, will cleanse us, will strengthen us, will guide us, will empower us. But if we are not bearing fruit, and if we're showing signs of a short-circuited spiritual life, ultimately, the connection has to be reestablished by pulling out the old wiring and starting again. God's love abides in us, but let us not cast it aside. Let us not abandon it. Let us not trust in God's grace so much that we stop doing our best. Doing our best, praying that it's blessed. He'll take care of the rest. He is divine. We are the branches. And we receive His life and His love and His fruit in us. We were designed to run on God. C.S. Lewis said, God has designed the human machine to run on Himself, like that generator. Has to run on clean parts. Has to work all together. He Himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn. And the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. It's no good asking God to make us happy without following His path and abiding in Him. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from Himself. Apart from God in Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. There's no there there. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. Therefore, this table is a sign of our abiding. This is the vine. This is the blood. This is the body of Christ given for us to nourish, us to nourish us, the fuel our spirits and our souls must run on to cleanse us, to connect us deeper. In this table, we receive deeper assurance, deeper faith, deeper awareness through prayer, deeper sense of God's provision and life-giving power. I bid you, come abide at this table. Christ abides in you. Christ abides in us. Let us bear fruit together at this table. He is divine. And we are the branches. Come to the table as God's people to receive food for our spirits that we may be rooted and that we may be the shoot that bears the fruit as God's kingdom. I'll invite Tab to come now as we celebrate this table where we are bid to come abide as God's people. This has been a production of College Place United Methodist Church. May God bless you richly upon hearing this message.